not despair. You will see your son again, and perhaps in some not-so-distant future, we will all be able to live together in peace. The priests of Egypt, welcoming Alexander on his return from the sanctuary of Ammon, heaped honours on him as if he were a god, and even crowned him pharaoh. So, Ptolemy asked his king, what now? We'll travel back to Tyre, through Palestine, said Alexander. And then? I don't know. The city of Tyre still displayed signs of the devastation it had suffered the previous year, yet life was tenaciously beginning to bloom again. The survivors had worked hard at reconstructing their houses, and new colonists had arrived from Cyprus and Sidon to repopulate the ancient metropolis. Soon after their arrival, Eumenes, the secretary-general of the army, came to Alexander. There is a visitor for you. News from the Persian front. Eumenes then showed into the room a bizarre character with a curled and dyed black beard and showy Syrian clothes. Alexander hardly recognized him. Eumolpus of Soloi, he cried. What has happened to you? I have changed my identity, sire. My name is now Baladgar, and in Syrian circles I enjoy a considerable reputation as a seer and magician. So, what news do you bring me? This is the situation, sire. The great King Darius is assembling an army, bigger even than the one you faced at Isis. His camp is north of Babylon, where he waits to see which direction you'll take. He is putting everything into a final confrontation, and he is sure he can win. Alexander thought in silence. Then he said, We will move at the beginning of autumn. We will cross the Euphrates at Thapsacus. Wait for us there, if you have more news. After the spy had left, Eumenes remained behind. So you want to move down the Euphrates like Xenophon's ten thousand? Perhaps. Nothing certain. But I will take Darius on. We might lose. That's not possible. I shall win, and then all Asia will be mine. At this, Eumenes lowered his gaze, for he realized that Alexander now believed he was both invincible and immortal. Now, said the king, send a festium to me. When his friend came before him, Alexander said, I have a job for you. Choose two cavalry units from the vanguard and two teams of our Phoenician naval carpenters. Take Admiral Nearchus with you also. Go to Thapsacus on the Euphrates and cover him while he builds floating bridges. We will cross there. How much time do I have? A month at most. We're moving against Darius? Yes. So, say your farewells to the sea, Hephaestion. You'll see no more salt water until we reach the shores of the ocean that has no end. Under Admiral Nearchus's supervision, the barges were taken apart, the pieces were numbered and loaded on mule carts. Then the long convoy left the coast. It took Hephaestion's army seven days to reach the Euphrates at Thapsacus, a Venetian city, 
full of merchants, travellers, and an incredible number of prostitutes, who serviced the mule and camel drivers who worked along the banks of the great river. Here was spoken a curious mixture of Syrian, Cilician, Phoenician, and Aramaic, with the occasional word of Greek. Alexander, in the meantime, prepared his own convoy of ten thousand horses and two thousand carts full of provisions and equipment. As usual, the great entourage that always followed the army, the male and female prostitutes, the girls who established liaisons with soldiers, assembled as well. On the day of departure, Callisthenes, the army's historian, picked up his pen and wrote to his uncle. Callisthenes to Aristotle. Hail. Today, the twenty-eighth day of the month of Boydromion, in the first year of the hundred and twelfth Olympiad, we march towards the interior. I do not know if I am saying goodbye.